This is RAF with Tony Tone and LA. Yo, what's up? It's your boy LA, aka the Love Ambassador, coming to you straight live and direct from the Jungle Studios. Just a little bit of uh, makeshift technical things going on, man. So I'm turning off my Bob Marley boombox. That's the sound in the background there. We're joined for another lovely week after what has been quite a stressful one on the old work front, but otherwise uh, still here and still alive. Uh, Mr. Philly, can you hear me loud and clear, brother? Uh well, you know what? You know what problem is at the moment is uh, I live next door to this 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 nice nice couple and nice family and everything like that. But they've got a two year old who um yeah just like screams full blast at like eight a.m. on a Sunday morning, and um you know you you got to try and do your bit for the youth and kind of tolerate it. So I don't really complain. But today, uh, young Jude decided to get. A whole posse of kids, and um, yeah, so eight twenty a.m. on a Sunday morning, they were just that bro. They just scream, just non-stop. There's no like break. It's just I don't know. I think parenting's changed now. They don't discipline kids anymore or yell at them or tell them off. So they just run absolutely a muck like there's no tomorrow. So there, that was my morning. How's your morning been, mate? Fine. Dude, what do you want them to do to them? Cuts them across the. Well, I think too. I think too, but I'm a bit confused because she was talking about sending him to kindergarten. But this kid can do full. This kid can do full blown sentences, and all the other two year olds that I know, they they say like weird mumble jumble words. So. But this kid speaks like a young adult. So he maybe he must be older than two, but I don't understand why she's talking about sending him to kindy then. Because usually that's like three, four years old. Who knows? Maybe I'm living next to some child genius. Two year old that you live next door to that speaks like a young adult. Yeah, exactly. Genius. I'm telling you, mate, it's weird. Well, I know, I know exactly how he speaks because it's like he's. Fucking yelling in my freaking ear next to me, mate. Like, there's no... It's literally like he's standing next to my ear in my bedroom, screaming as loud as he possibly can. That's just the levels where this kid is at. And, yeah, it's like full-blown sentences. I'm just in a super high-pitched voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> guess you do, mate. I guess you do. Um, all right, so let's, uh, let's start the... Uh, Start the festivities. Um, thought I'd go to the Lad Bible today, actually, to have a look. And uh, the first thing that I saw was um, a robot vacuum cleaner goes missing for a day after it escaped from a hotel. So there's this hotel in uh, Cambridge, the famous university, where, <laughs> where basically um, it's hid, it's hid, it's cleaning the foyer of the robot vacuum cleaner. And usually it's supposed to hit the end and then bounce back and keep cleaning. I saw it shot for freedom. <laughs> and it's fucking gunned it. 
So what's happened is they've put it out on social media travel lodge saying we can't find our uh, vacuum cleaner and it's pulled runner and it disappeared for a day <laughs> until it ran out of batteries because it was trying to clean against the hedge. So has your has your robot ever uh, escaped from you? No, sometimes no, actually never I never got stuck. What happens is mine's like a vacuum mop two in one. And the mop gets caught on something and it pulls the mop off. So sometimes I don't realize that the mop is actually under the bed. So I start the cleaning process, but without the mop. And what's the point of buying a mop vacuum if you can't even mop? I think they have a personality. I think this. I think their robot tried to make a run for it. He probably didn't like what he was doing. Oh, work. Yeah. How many, how many robots they have here? Is he the only one doing it? It's pro like probably having solidarity with the minorities because it's getting racially abused like they are. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah, all I do is work. I don't get no free time, no pay. My battery's about to die, but I don't care. I'm going to go out with a bag. Yeah, they don't, they don't even upgrade me with the new lithium lithium batteries. I'm not asking that much for working conditions. They just, yeah. But they're probably hooked up to some sort of, like, data collecting agency and everything like that, mate. I mean, they're probably, <laughs> it's probably, like, hooked into MI, MI6 just spying on everyone. Mate, I had this, I reminded me of this story. I had a uh, shout-out to Dice. So my, my friend's navigational service, this is like going back in the day, bro. This is before everyone had, like, sat-nav, you know, you bought your car with sat-nav. So you used to get, you know, your 200-buck little thing in the corner that would give you the directions, and it was like the early kind of Siri, I guess you would say. And I swear this thing was like tied to some sort of secret service or had a life of its own. Because we'd be driving and it'd be like, please turn right, 200 metres, please turn left. And then as soon as we start talking, I'd be like, yeah, fam, I saw this girl last night and she started to do this and she started to do that. And then I tried this and she really enjoyed it. And the sat nav would just go silent listening <laughs> to the story. And then my friend would be like, yo, bro, word. And then he like, like yeah, man, uh, and I had this girl, <laughs> I had this girl, and she did this. And the sat nav would just be silent listening in. <laughs> and then once we finished our stories... It would be like waiting for a little bit and then it'd be like, 200 metres ahead, please turn right. You ever had that, mate? Uh, no. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, no. Um, okay, so the next one is, uh, I don't know if it's true or not that Walt Disney's actually um, frozen, but uh, look, to save, you, to save you all the thing, one of the titles is like this man set up a freezing business to bring you back to life, right? So... Uh, I guess would you would you do it, Mister Philly? And uh, when would you actually come back then, if you if you did, or maybe you don't want to do it, just period. I'm more than happy to miss what you know the year 2100 is going to look like. <laughs> um, no, what's the point? I mean, good, get frozen now and then get woken up in uh, 50 years and then I continue my life as a late 20 something year old. Why? It would be so, like, um, so removed from everything. Like, dude, I can barely keep up with with the changes that are happening now in terms of, like, technology and, and the fads and all these other things. And, and I'm literally living, like, in it, and I can't keep up with it. Now, could you imagine? you ever play a video game called Fallout? Where it's like... Oh, no, I love it, yeah. Uh, you, you go into this nuclear bunker and this nuclear war with Russia breaks out, right? And the whole world is destroyed. But you have these... 
these bunkers that were built, and you you were able to buy a subscription plan before the before the missiles hit to get a spot in the bunker. So you go inside the bunker, and they they freeze you, and then they unfreeze you like uh, 50 years later or something. And then you come out, and like everything is you know completely different. Like nothing is anywhere near as close as it was when you were when you went under. And I feel like that's what would happen in this case. It's, probably. First, it would be a huge culture shock. Second, I thought that they weren't able to do that, because don't your cells die when they freeze you and then reheat you? Isn't there some issue with that? Yeah, I'll presume so. I presume so. I mean, it's um, but I guess also cells just continuously regenerate, right, as well. So they'd have to introduce some form of technology um, in order to do it, Ron. I, I hear, I, I'm, I'm on the fence with it. Because I think, firstly, you raised a very good point. At what point do you actually, are you frozen? Because if you're frozen, like you said, at 27, when you awake, you're still young with, you know, a life to live and everything like that. I guess because everything's hypothetical, if, you, if you're if you frozen at 50 and come back at 2,100, or maybe they've got, they can reverse age you sort of thing um, with the technology or, you know, give you a younger body, so to speak. But... Whilst it's the same as if you could have a pill for eternal life, right? I mean, I wouldn't mind a couple of hundred years just to kind of see how things are going. But having said that, I'm kind of similar to you. Like, the world that we're living in at the moment is just so completely nuts that I'm kind of good. <laughs> I'm kind of, now I'm thinking out aloud, like, I'm kind of good because it's only going to get worse. Like, it's only, it's only going to get worse. And I think that if I was to do it, I would I would like to just kind of, I don't know, maybe like I'm 80 years old and I'm still cognitive and I kind of wake up in 2100 and I get like a year or two out of it just to see what it was like, you know, um, and then I can go. It'd just be curiosity, really. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I remember actually, my, I remember I was with my mate uh, when we were both with our dads, and we, I forgot where we were going, sports event or something like that. My dad actually said to me, he goes to all of us, he said, you do realise that our, our sons could potentially be the first generation that doesn't die. Like, And this has gone back 20 years ago. And he goes, like, the technology is just moving so quickly that, you know, it's quite feasible that, if not dying, they're about to have sort of regeneration of whatever it is to live longer lives. Yeah, I mean, how... Well, would you want sort of a couple hundred years to live? Yeah, right. I feel like maybe it's a, it's a, at the moment it seems like a good idea. Like, oh, you could take a, a pill or get some injection and we can reverse aging or you can live for an extra hundred. I mean, for sure I would have to reverse aging. I don't want to live a hundred years and be 200 years old and, like, sitting in a chair for a hundred years because I can't do anything. So I can see the appeal, but... Then the question would become is what happens to the population? Because now you don't have people dying anymore, which means you can't have as many people having kids because then, you know, populations are going to get out of control. Well, in theory, in theory, it probably wouldn't be for everyone, though. In theory, it'd be for, like, China, Korea, Japan, you know, the wealthier countries in Asia and the West and, you know, like, South Africa, Nigeria and, you know, I don't know, Kenya or something like that. You know, I'm going to be, like countries that, that that are sort of well to do i can't imagine that and again it, it's interesting you talk about the religious side of things because uh if you look at it even from a um hindu slash buddhist perspective of you know like the whole reason why india hasn't revolted in a mass like freaking civil war is because of the caste system 
strangely enough, because the people that are down the bottom are like, oh, in the next life, I'm going to I'm gonna be a Raj, you know, like I'm going to get a good. And same with Buddhist people that are seeing as like, a, I'm on this stage, I'm trying to get to Nirvana sort of thing. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, but then, does the whole concept of death kind of scare you in any sense? I think everyone's like, um, it's not something anyone's okay with, but I think it's something you come to terms with. Like, like if you were to ask, like, if I ask you or you ask me now, like, how do you feel about dying? I don't think you're, like, okay, we might say, oh, it's a part of life, blah, 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 but nobody's ever, I think, really comfortable with it, especially at this age. So, I think I think it's just something you come to terms with later in life, that's all. If you, if you ask young people, of course, of course, right? They want to go to, uh, I say young people, technically, I guess I would be considered young. Um... Like, you, you want the time to travel, you want the time to, to go party, uh, go see new places, go do new things, try a new job, go back to school, like, you can do so much, right? And, and I think that the fear is that you want to do so much, but you don't have the time. But the older you get, the less you want to do. <laughs> so after a while, it's just like, fuck it. Part of life, man. But I don't think, uh, I, I think when you're old, you come to terms with it. But until you hit that old point, I don't think anybody's too comfortable. Like, I, I, I manage it just by saying, yeah, it is a part of life, right? It's just, of course, I don't want to die, but it's something that happens, right? And a lot of things are so out of your control, too. Like, I, I have to go do some errands today. Like, you know, what if a car, some guy has a heart attack in a car, and the car runs up on the sidewalk and hits me. Like, I have no control over that. Well, now that I love you, broski, just in case. <laughs> Thanks, man. No, I think... I find it's like, so many things that probably kill you, you stop your control anyway. I don't know. It's tough. I think it depends on the individual. But from a religious thing, I, I don't... I, I don't know. I, I don't think you should mess with it too much. But, eh, whatever. I think for me, it's, um... It's a few things. I think, first of all, I want to... I, I just want to outlive my parents. Um... It's like literally the first thing because I think just no parent should bury the kid, um, and it just yeah to be it'd be too much. And even even I've gone through some kind of dark times in my life, and to be honest, I think that's what's kind of pulled me through like some pretty pretty dark spaces. That everyone everyone no one will talk about it, but I always make a point of talking about it because you know you have to be open about it, and and a lot of people will will go through their ups and downs. And yeah, for me it was always just yeah my folks. Um, and secondly is I would like to have, uh, you know, like the, the family, uh, I'd like to have kids because I think kids, kids, as, as much as they drive me nuts, keeping me awake at, you know, early hours of the morning, um, it's the, the youth like, and they and it's, and sometimes actually it's kind of cool to be honest with you, mate, because they're so happy about everything and you wake up in the morning and it's been a real stressful couple of days at work and, there's this kid yelling because he's excited because he's fucking painting something, <laughs> you know? Like, all right, so so that that side of things to have that that legacy of it, um, I think those are the two main things. But otherwise, it's, yeah, it's, I kind of live every day to the best of my ability, and it's it's like I'm the same as you. Like, there's so much out of out of my control. I think the only thing that scares me about death is that it's infinite, and it's like it's it's the, the not dying because like I want to try and go to heaven and my religion kicks in. 
as well. But it's that thought that when I close my eyes, that's that's fucking it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the bit that kind of scares me. Like that, like you close it and then ev like everything, like the sky, talking to you, laughing with you, drinking a beer, like everything, all the senses and everything, right? That's just like lights out, bang, right? And you hope that there's that there's heaven and everything like that, and your mind will be set as you're heading into that stage, but, you know, it's still rolling the dice. So anyway, on to more of a, another interesting thing. Uh, did your, uh, did your, 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 your mum being Russian, did she ever talk about all the queues in Soviet Union? Does she remember queuing for everything? Well, I mean, she noticed the, the, the downfall of the Soviet Union, but I think her words, that was a little bit overplayed in terms of Western media coverage. They wanted to make it seem a lot worse than it than it was, but at least when she was growing up, it didn't seem like it was as bad as like when I was in school. They had all the pictures in the textbook of showing how horrible it was. She was like, "Okay, it wasn't good, but it wasn't it wasn't the end of the world." <laughs> so, but no, not uh, not too much. So I'll give you the. Um... Obviously, that was we discussed before the, the the Polish side. So, what happened with Poland was everything that they grew and made went back to essentially what's now Russia, right? So <laughs> there was fucking shortages of everything, and people would queue like just massive queues. And so, what you used to do is I'm leading into the stories while I'm talking about it, right? So what you used to do is you used to just get old pensioners and people like that to stand in the queue because it would take for hours and everything like that. Um, and it was just like ev everything you can imagine. Uh, and our our family was like very, very fortunate because my grandmother owned her own private business. So she's one of the only people that well, during periods owned her own private business. So... She was a hat maker and milliner, so they had money when like others others kind of didn't. But you couldn't do anything with the money, but basically try and bribe people and you know buy black market stuff sort of thing. But you still had a queue for your basic necessities. And um, my dad tells this story. He goes, "It's 1978." He goes, "We're uh, in a little Volkswagen camper van. I'm with your mum, and we go to Warsaw, Warsaw, Poland." And he says, um, your mum just starts running. And he's like, I'm like, what the, what the fuck's going on? He goes, he, she goes, she runs and then she just stands. And she's like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm so used to running to just queue for stuff. I don't even know what I'm queuing for. <laughs> right, but, but I'm so used to standing in queues that as soon as I saw the line, I've rushed to get in before other people. <laughs> so then they eventually get in, and it's for a deli, and they had to change over a certain amount of um, money because it, it, when you were there, they had a shortage of foreign currency in the Soviet Union, especially in the satellite states. So he, it was something stupid. Like, it would have been, like, I, I don't know, the equivalent of, like... 500 bucks a day or something US now or maybe even more into Zlotties, which you couldn't use for anything. So then he walks in and and then the lady's like, it's typical in Poland, no, there's no bread available, there's no sausages available, whatever. 
So my mum's like, because obviously she's speaking Polish and, you know, the lady behind the counter thinks that she's just another punter. So she speaks English to my dad and then all of a sudden, like, her eyes beam up. So then they clean out the place <laughs> of all the food as they're walking out. My dad was like, we had full salmon. <laughs> we had, like, all the bread. We had all the beer. He goes, I felt like a bit of a dick because <laughs> I'm walking about this fucking queue of massive people and there's nothing left. But he's like, mate, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, I had 500 bucks. If I didn't spend it, I'd fucking lose it. So this guy in London is <laughs> obviously, uh, I guess, I reckon he's, he's heard about the old Soviet Union and he has set up a job because he's a fictional writer where he stands in the queue for 160, and he earns 160 pounds a day. So in London, he stands for like, you know, cinema tickets, uh, Chanel, fashion shows, sneakers, book launches, everything like that. So would you be a, uh, would you stand in queues for cash? You reckon, you reckon it's a good job and the experience of it? And then how would you do it? Stand in a queue. Yeah, it's your job. Just stand in the queue. No. You know, you know, it's going to be funny. <laughs> Literally be doing something I despise and cannot, cannot like. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's going to be funny. The poor pricks listening to our podcast have listened to me give a 15-minute lead-in to try and build up the anticipation of this Q article, and you've just gone, no, I <laughs> All right, mate. Well, let's try something else then, shall we? Um, hmm. Anything else you want to talk about, Matty? Life, but I don't want to talk about anything. Like, like last time, too much COVID talk. Too much, uh, we're all going to die from war talk. Even though that seems like it's chilling out a little bit, maybe. Hopefully. The war, the war part, not the COVID part. Um... Well, I was just trying to think about other things to discuss, but you look in the news and it's just all, you know, mostly sad stuff, I guess, or pessimistic outlook or not very, not very great. I've got, I've got, I've got one for you that's going to uplift you. A, a, a different topic. Woman calls out date for requesting $4 to cover the cost of a coffee. A woman has publicly called out a date for asking her to send him money for a coffee he bought her. Caitlin Phillips had recently met up with a guy she'd matched with on Hinge and it seemed to go quite well, with both fairly keen to see each other again. However, things took a bit of a turn when she woke up to a message from the guy asking her to send her $4 for the coffee at a border during the date. What's your thoughts, mate? Uh, man. I've heard this happen before, but usually it's because the woman decides she's not interested in tells the guy after the date and then the guy sends her half the bill or sends her the bill for what she ate, which honestly fair play <laughs> like, shit man I, uh, okay my my, my, uh, my attitude whenever I went on dates was if I invite you out, I'll, I'll pay right, because I'm the one inviting you out and asking you to come out with me um, if we both wanted to go out that's different, then it should kind of be split but not in a date capacity. I mean, like it's a friend thing. But if I if I if I match with someone, not that I use Tinder or any of these things anymore, because I'm attached. But uh, when I did use it, um, that was my mindset. He said, "I'm the one inviting you out. I'm telling you where we're gonna meet, so I'll pay." Right? That's fine. But I have heard of I 
I heard of this. And you know what, my friends? Roll out the equality, because it's a coming. This is what they want. So, start chipping in. <laughs> no more free lunches. What is this shit? Actually, I got me worked up. I can't stand this. Because they just pick and choose what the fuck they want. Because they're like, oh, we want to go with Dave's so we want them to pay for us. But, bad, we don't like it too much, so we just want the free meal. Fuck you. 50-50. Everybody should go Dutch on the first two dates. That should be the damn rule. Unless you sleep with them. If you sleep with them after the first date and you still meet up afterwards, the dude better pay. But for the first date especially, 50-50 split is, is what it should be. That's that's fair. Isn't that fair? I just, I just feel like you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> Which is like that they pick and choose. And I love women. God knows I probably put them on way way more of a pedestal than I should. <laughs> but, but, but it's also just astounding how it's like so strangely convenient of, oh, you're the man, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. And then you're like, but I'm trying for equality here. Like, <laughs> I'm just, I, you know, in short, Mr. Philly, I'm just so confused now. I've even gone down the rabbit hole of, like, what women want. Apparently, I'm not supposed to be a nice guy because it turns them off. It's like, I'm a nice guy because I fought a lot when I was younger. I know how to punch on with people really, really well. It's just, I don't want to be an aggressive person because I know once I go down that path, there's probably going to be a lot of injuries and it's not going to be me. It's just going to be random blokes that I've punched in the face. So I'm nice, but apparently it's a weakness. So yeah, look, I agree with you, mate. I think it, I think it should be um, a bit of a split because I'm still a bit old school. I reckon if you go for dinner, dinner you should pay, and then she buys ice cream or she pays for the parking or whatever. Uh, if you get some tuppy, well then absolutely buy a bottle of champagne and fucking roses, and you know, get a mariachi band or something like that for her. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that it's also just a very. It's going to be interesting to see how how society is going to change and how how equal it's going to be. And it's harder for me because um, what for me is normal is abnormal because I grew up in a very like role reversed society, a, a household. So like my sister is you know earns millions, and my mum had a really successful business and. You know, I think the probably most old school thing of um, our family is my dad sits at the head of the table for dinner um, and when we eat. But then other than that, like my mum's a pretty my mum's a pretty dominant force when it comes around to the house and everything else. And same with my sister, you know, she's like very strong minded and strong willed and just, yeah, like independent in everything that they do. Um to the point that even my mum, like, my sister doesn't have kids, but even my mum was like, yo, if, just, if you meet a dude and he's no good, then piss him off and raise the, you know, or raise the, raise the kids by yourself with us sort of thing. So, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see whether society's going to change. Maybe it's, you know, if we get, if we got frozen and we end up in 2100, we might be shocked. Well, what the fuck? Nothing's changed. <laughs> I'll tell you how. exactly what they want. <laughs> Exactly what they want. They're going to get treated like dudes, and they're going to hate it. That's what should happen. Because I think so many people are going to get so fed up with this that they're just going to be like, "All right, you want you want everything to be equal? Fine. Everything everything is equal. Everything is fair now. You know, if we're on a cruise ship and it starts sinking, get your ass in line. You ain't first. 
all right? You 10th, because that's when you got here. And then it's not the women and children on first, it's the children and who's ever after the children on first. Right? That's what that's what we need to do. They, 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 they've given up the privilege of having all those benefits because that this is, you know, not what they want half the time. Exactly. It's like, what do you want? What what do you want? There's more women in college, there's more women getting degrees than men. I'm like, how like, there's a lot of women now doing very well in, in business and they're still upset. What else do you want? I think there's there's a lot of there's we're still to be fair to them we're still in a transition phase because and it also depends on the country like so if we use the context we have to use the context I guess of a Western country because it's more in line um, but <laughs> that's where they can complain somewhere else they get thrown off a building. <laughs> So in Western countries, yeah. So in so so Western countries, and 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 the more you look into it, the more it, there is still a huge legacy of um, sexism and chauvinism, and there's still a huge legacy of of even even when it comes to like sexuality, like women being able to divorce themselves. Um, when it comes to uh, when even when it comes to employment, there's still real hurdles with um, oh well, I'm going to give. I'm going to give Johnny the promotion over Jessica because Jessica might be pregnant in two years because she's 30 and we might miss her and everything like that. So, and there's also in terms of even even day to day, even day to day things of women are generally more apologetic. Uh, well, maybe not in in a city, but like generally are more apologetic because they're taught to always apologise and and be be neutral and everything like that. So that there are there are still a lot of hurdles. I know even with my sister, there was still enormous sexism in the medical industry, and 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 she she if she was a man, she could have she could have done uh, done a lot better. But I think I think that having said that, though, like there is an element that you're also correct because in order to have the whole um, chivalry. There has to be some sort of return on the investment. And what's happening nowadays is people, men that are chivalrous and men that are nice and men that are like just doing their thing and trying to be good people are genuinely penalised. And then when they're not penalised, it's like they're kind of already too old, you know. They've already had like, they've already gone through their 20s and early 30s and complete mid-30s and complete bullshit. Uh, and, and they're all a bit sort of head fucked. So... Like you said, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen because the aim should be like equality for absolutely everything and, and something that I'll get in and keep fighting for and, you know, that's where the feminist side of me is going to come out that I truly believe in it. But like you said, therefore what happens with certain things are expected when the, sink shipping, the, the, the ship is sinking, you know, is <laughs> it just all, for, all on? Because that would actually be, as crazy as it sounds, like true equality, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, if we were back in the 70s and 80s, I would agree with you. But I think that the whole, like, uh, I think nowadays is very different. It's so much more and given way more, you know, like a leg up. And maybe there's some old school guys who are still hanging around who are maybe sexist or something, but I, I, I feel like half the guys they call sexist are just being dudes. Like, they're just being, like, raunchy dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like, the shit I hear older guys say versus what guys say today is like, 
it, I think it's just the difference of culture that's just changed, right? Personally, I, I, I don't I don't think they mean any malice by it. It's just how they were raised their entire life, and now they are high up in a position, and and it's just their personality. But that's all going to change once they're gone, which will probably be in like five years, maybe. Yeah. If they don't, and big companies. I mean, okay, if you work for a huge corporation, there's that I guarantee is probably not around. I really don't buy like people telling me like a company like Boeing or or like Pfizer has sexism inside of it. Go fuck yourself. If there's anything with sexism, those women would sue the shit out of them right away, and there'd be plenty of law firms willing to take up that case. I mean, it would be a... It's a ticking time bomb. You can't. You have to try to keep everything as flat as possible, because if somebody gets upset, and they're able to swing it around, it's like, oh, you're discriminating against me because of my gender, and then they have a discrimination suit on their hands. It's like, oh, Christ, here we go. That's fun to deal with. And they don't want to do that, so they're not going to have the patience to deal with these these people. And, and, and corporate HR... The people who make all the rules are primarily women anyway. <laughs> it's like, what do you want? Uh, I'm probably coming off kind of kind of, a, of an asshole right now, but it's just, I, I, I don't understand because when I look at things, I see a lot of women in very good position, at least personally from my experience. I see so many girls in college. I think in the U.S. there's more girls in college and graduating college than men, right? Now, of course, a lot of the degrees they choose are stupid as hell. But they are going to college and they graduate in, in higher numbers. And then when you look at the teaching field or the nursing field or I think the veterinary field, there's a lot of fields that are like science-based fields that they're leading. Of course, they're not leading in engineering and some other things, but they're pushing like hell to get more women in there and they'll do whatever they can to kind of put them forward. Engineering, they definitely are. Engineering, they definitely are. Engineering, they're definitely trying to push. Uh, no, as in they're pushing to try and get more females in because it's so heavily male-dominated. Why lie to them that that's that's not what they want to do. There are women engineers. But why is it so imperative that you have to have a certain fucking pie chart which shows that it's 50% men, 50% women? And of course, if the pie chart was 70% women, 30% men, nobody would say shit. They'd be like, oh, that's fine. That's okay. It, it, just, it just doesn't make any sense. It's just, it's all backwards. Everything should be based off of merit and personal choice. If you want to be an engineer and you go into engineering, it's because you want to do it, and if you're not good at it, you fail. And that's it. Like, I didn't, I'm a guy. I didn't go into engineering. I know. I'm, I'm, I can't. I can't do it. It's too much math. I don't know what the hell's going on. I stayed away from it. God, me building a bridge. Me building a bridge, bro. Me building a bridge would be an absolute disaster. For engineering, the program's supposed to be quite... So I had a lot of friends go there, and they wanted to go there uh, to do that. And uh, so then I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to do that, too. So I looked into it. I think even my mom was like, nah, you can't do <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe you're right, <laughs> maybe, maybe you're right, I can't. So, uh, so then I went to school for what I went to school for, right? And my, my school was like, okay, obviously I'm, I, I, I went to school for sailing, right, for working on ships. So you can imagine how fucking male-dominated that is. Oh my god. You want to take more women, put them in an industry that, let's be honest, is kind of falling apart in the U.S. There's not that many U.S. flagged ships. So that means they're going to be going on foreign flagships. That'll work out great. Well, I think we also need to explain that to, to, to people listening in, because they won't understand, is that it actually would be quite uh, quite dangerous for women in, this, in terms of, like, sexual assault and that sort of stuff, because you basically have unbelievably, like, small living quarters with, what, like 15 blokes out in the ocean for, like, months on end, you know, sometimes they're doing 60 days where they're not seeing landform 
Um, then you got some attractive, you got some attractive girl from you know South Carolina called Mandy just walking around like it, it, yes, of course they should be able to do it and have the rights, but it's but it's all it's like. And then we're in a world now, how do you even say that without being pinned for it? Because it's just the honest truth. You're like, I actually would be worried about your safety that some idiot on the boat, you know, feels that he's entitled and, 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 and takes a crack when... And there's no there's no police or law or anyone to enforce it, you know? You just file a report. That's it. And that's what happens after that. Sense a bit of Bill Burr coming on. I was listening intently. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, the more I think about it, the more I, the, the organization for women, organization for minorities. No, none of that. Get rid of all of it. It's all fair. If you want to promote the industry, you go promote it to everybody. And then let the people make their choice. No, I, I remember I, I, it was a long time ago. I read Plato, a long time ago, <clears throat> when I was smarter. Didn't have more time on my hands. And I read The Republic, and I remember he, he had the, the one the one portion of it where they, they differentiate people by, uh, okay, I'm not saying to do this, right? But he said, like, everybody was supposed to be in a, I guess, a cat system or based, based off their merits, right? Or their, the, the merits of their soul or something. So you had, I think it was bronze, silver, and gold. And bronze were, like, everyday people, like the working people, right? Um, and then what they would do is actually everybody started off in the same place. Right, and of course, the way they did this was a little bit controversial, and I don't agree with how they did it. Right, but I think the concept is fair. Is they would take the kids, and the parents wouldn't raise the kids. Right. Yeah, the community does. And they would they would watch how the kids behave, and then they would determine where the kids should be put. So, like kids who were very um, like kids who like to fuck off a lot, or, or just like hang out with friends and play with friends and not take studying seriously, because obviously they would teach them philosophy and all these other things mathematics and and, and, and whatever. <laughs> and look, the classes would be optional. It wasn't mandatory. So they would see which kids actually had interest to go and how they would perform. So then if the kids who didn't have interest are like, oh, you can either come to class to study philosophy or you can go out and play and do some exercises, fine. Then maybe the kids who went outside and did the exercises, they would watch those kids say, oh, well, these kids, seem, you know, they're very strong. 
they're they're like a bigger and they're very keen on you know being how to throw javelin or whatever so they would be put in like the police force the ones who just wanted to go fuck around and do shit which let's be honest is probably like 80 percent of the population right if you give most people the opportunity and say hey you don't have to work anymore you don't have to study you can you know we'll take care of you you can go out and get fucked every day drinking not sex but maybe both who knows place and then um that if they take that opportunity they'll say absolutely those aren't the kind of people you want any kind of positions of decision making right so then they would put them as like the day-to-day labor of people they would be the farmers they would be the potters they would be the builders right they would just be the guys who have to make the day-to-day city run and then the gold the gold one the highest level one were the, the people who would actually actively yearn for education and advancement and try to find ways of doing things they're the ones who should be in charge right but they didn't push anybody into a category. They let them, they gave them all the same exact choice, and then they watched how the kids behaved. I found Plato's Republic actually, I found Plato's Republic to be almost like communist, socialist in a way. Some, yeah, some know that there's negatives to capitalism just as much as there are negatives to communism. But I'm more of like a... I think probably the best period of time we had as humans were when we didn't have these huge governments on either side of the fence, right? It was always better when it was smaller governments and smaller communities because then you really could take care of one another and you knew exactly what you needed where you are. Some prick sitting in D.C. can't fucking tell somebody what someone in Kentucky needs. I mean, of course, they have their, their representatives who I shouldn't say Kentucky because Rand Paul's actually a pretty cool guy. Uh, I'll pick New York. Yeah, I was about to say, leave Rand Paul out of this, bro. I'm a G. <laughs> Now, let me pick just some other... I don't know. California. Now, California screwed up, too. I'm just trying to find some, some, some bureaucrats sitting in the Capitol. And, and they get this for people who, like, okay, and of course, uh, we have our own representatives or senators or congressmen, blah, 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 blah. But, let's be honest, 80% of them want that government tit. They want to suck at that tit and make a lot of money and get their pension. And, uh, sadly, I think a lot of them just don't care. And that's the problem you have when you have this this massive beast of government, right? That even your local representatives just get eaten up in this machine and you just have nothing. And actually everything that's decided for you is practically coming from the federal government. Your local representatives, depending on the state, like Texas and Florida, probably okay, some of the southern states, Midwest states, they'll really put their foot down, right? But how long can that last really before it, it only takes one person to get elected in there and one generation, they can blow all that away. So I, I think it was always better in the, in the smaller communities we can manage themselves better. I don't even know how we got on this. Oh, because in Plato, they're talking about a city-state, right? It's like Singapore. How easy is it to fucking manage Singapore compared to a whole country like Australia? Christ. It's so much easier to get everybody in line. Now, of course, Singapore doesn't have any freaking natural resources, so they're kind of screwed there. But imagine if you took, like, a... Like, imagine if you just took South Australia, even. You could run that yourself. You don't need to be part of any bigger thing. And you could use all the money and everything. You, like, the person who was in charge of South Australia, if it was just South Australia, would be so much more accountable. It would be ridiculous. Like, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't push the blame, right? Right now, all we have is blame pushing. Either, oh, it's not my fault. It's the other guy's fault. It's the federal government's fault. Or it's the liberals' fault. It's the conservatives' fault. It's not me. I'm doing the best I can for you. Bullshit. You're not doing shit. Sitting there collecting your paycheck with your dumb two houses. Look at Bernie Sanders. He goes around blaming everybody else. The dude's a multimillionaire. Has like six houses. And he talks about quality. It's such a joke. Oh, Pelosi with a $40,000 fridge, mate. <laughs> and then people, 
but, but then you have people eat his shit up, right? But of course, if I was him and I was saying that kind of stuff and people believe me, good. But that's what that, that's what you get, right? You, you have it, it's just everything is so removed from reality now. I think I said I think the issue is that um, because again it comes back to you know two people will be listening to us and they're like oh well, it's, it's the white 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 males with their privilege and and they're having the debate so there there is always going to be an element that um, uh, females minorities and everything else that that, that there is strides that needed to be made up to to make it an equal playing field but at the same time it's you're not really making it an equal playing field by just saying well we're only going to give it to x so yes for example if a, 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 an african-american female in the supreme court uh judges is a fantastic thing and and bravo but the other side of it is like well what about a latino woman what about a korean korean woman like what about a you know, you're discarding like 90-something percent of the population. Okay, so fine, then then we're, we're, we're making it more equal, right? I get it, and she's uh, fantastic for the job and should have got it. But then I actually feel sorry for the person that gets it. And the reason why is they should get it because they they just excelled at their job. They were awesome at it. They were, they, 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 they 100% beat everyone out of their absolute ballpark on it. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. but because then for the rest of their, because they get it for the rest of their life, I think, right, or till they retire. So everyone's literally going to be like, oh, no, well, she just, she just got it because of, she just got it because of this, she just got it because of that, and 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 for me, it annoys me because it's like, well, no, <laughs> she's actually probably a really talented individual that deserved it on her own merits. So if anything, um, higher, like. But don't announce it, because as soon as you announce it, it's like, and it's all fucking politics as well, because I was reading about how Biden's getting absolutely smashed and the African-American polls are deserting him and everything leading into the 2022 mid-elections, so now he comes up with this huge thing, and it's like, you know what, Biden, first of all, is on record and he was against... uh, desegregation of buses he literally said i don't want my kids to be with african-american kids on buses and we're pushing against it he was like the pole bearer at the fucking grand wizard ku klux klan member you know like he was like a full-blown like involved with you know all the rednecks and everything like that and now he's trying to come out like oh it's 79 years old i'm the savior of everyone and has the fucking audacity to turn to people and say if you're not black if you vote for me. It's like, well, fuck off, you white old, you know, Mick. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, bro. He's a whore. And they just go after them. And they'll say and do whatever. Well, they won't do anything. They'll say anything. And they just they don't do shit. But they just say what they need to say. You very rarely get someone who actually, who actually does anything. But the, the, uh, I think the easiest way, like, at least on a, let's say on a collegiate level, the easiest way to solve this problem, stop asking for names on an application. Don't ask me my name, don't ask me my gender, don't ask me anything. Rice, nothing. An applicant number, and boom. You know why they don't want to do that? Why? Because if it's solely based on, first of all, let's be honest here, if it's solely based on test scores, in the U.S., not even white people are going to be the ones who are fucking privileged here, yeah? It's going to be all Asian. 
the skulls gonna be completely Asian. Because they get the best test scores. It's a group, right? They get the yeah. best test scores. But that's but that's how you that's what you have to do to make it fair. It's the interview process, right? Just to get to the interview stage. Applicant ID number only. Don't contact them until you decide to get them in the well, there has to also be some things in regards to how the the funding works, because in a lot of the situations, the schools are based off. I think the property income tax goes into the schooling. So when you've got like inner city neighbourhoods, obviously commission housings, they're not generating it. So there has to be. I think in order to get to what you're talking about, there has to be an investment in in uh, inner city and rural as well. You know, like shout out to the person. I think it's Des Moines in Idaho. We had, we just, uh, yeah, we had 120 listens in uh, Idaho. So I hope your schooling system's going well. You legend. <laughs> you legends. <laughs> anyway, bro, so yeah, all right, mate. Well, I think you've got places to be. So um, is there anything else you want to add before we sum it up? No. Uh, yeah, happy Chinese New Year to you and everybody else out there. Um, enjoy the rest of your weekend of what little of it is left. And hopefully we'll see some normalcy in the time to come. <laughs> it's the year of the tiger, mate. It's my year coming up. Wow. You know, you know something? Look at your tiny source. Mate. The out. Mate, I'll tell you what. True story. I um, I, I got into because like, I'm Aquarius. So I got into the love horoscopes of Aquarius. And there's a there's this chick called uh, Empress777, I think, on YouTube. And she's like this African-American chick from the South, and I love her. Because she'll be like, yo, man, so Taurus is coming for y'all. I'm going to fuck him up. <laughs> so so my mum comes in. She's like, oh, it's Chinese New Year. It's the year of the tiger. Start reading your Chinese horoscope. So I start reading it, and I was like, far out. This is horrible. <laughs> I love, I love. So I stopped. I stopped. I was like, "Mom, I, I, I just can't do this anymore. This is ridiculous. I don't want to know." <laughs> I'm going back to being an Aquarius. I have a board up outside my apartment because uh, I was near a fortune center. So a lot of uh, fortune telling stuff there, uh, and they put up the, the all the horoscopes for the year for the for the Chinese horoscopes. So I'm here, the dog, right? <laughs> I think last year the first line was. It is not a good year for the dog. <laughs> well, they got that one right, didn't they? There you go. <laughs> with career flourishing. I find that doubtful. <laughs> I really do. We're only in January, mate. you got a long way to go. It's still possible. <laughs> uh, Jesus. All right, matey. I'll leave you to bounce. Bon voyage. All right, cool, man.